Hey, what's going on, my friends? It's Dave Sharp. Welcome to Wake Up Legendary. And uh, this morning, we have an expert alert going on here. That's my best alert sounds. And as you all know, the show is normally featuring our clients, our students, who have gone through our education here at Legendary Marketer. And I've now sat uh, and done nearly 800 interviews, which some might call testimonials, right? But they're more than testimonials. There are clients and students' real-life stories of how they came and found us, what they were looking for, what they were dealing with in their lives, and how they used our education to then create a business that uh, can help them achieve their goals, whether that's financial freedom, firing their boss, uh, having a little bit extra to get through right now, because we all know that after the pandemic, it sort of seems like everybody needs a side hustle uh, to sort of even pay their bills and afford milk and gas and groceries. Um, however, occasionally we'll bring on an expert from sort of outside of our community. And they will share their journey of how they've used similar strategies as we teach right here in Legendary Marketer. And I've never claimed to have invented all of these marketing strategies and invented the core four. I just call them the core four ways to sell information online. That's courses, coaching, events, or doing affiliate marketing. And of course, in our 15-day challenge, I explain why we prefer that business model. Why I've used that business model for the past 13 years to achieve freedom as a high school dropout, recovering drug addict, somebody who was homeless, hopeless, broke, and broken, and how this business model and these strategies have also given me freedom. But guess what, my friends? I always tell all of you every single morning that, you know what, at the end of the day, I don't care if you learn these strategies from me and from us here at Legendary Marketer. Of course, there's 183 people behind the scenes working here at Legendary to help make all these dreams come true for our clients, our students, and those individuals who are also working here within Legendary, experiencing the freedom of working from home, etc. Um, I say that whether you learn them here or whether you go somewhere else and learn them you need to learn these skills, the skills of being on video, the skills of using your cell phone to make money and use social media instead of having social media use you. These skills are important for us and for our kids, the next generation, because if you think we're going backwards, my friend, <laughs> you must be smoking something, okay? Because artificial intelligence and everything else is here and people are building brands and doing business. And, um, and Kanyisa is our guest this morning, and she is a life coach, and she has been using these strategies and skills that we also teach right here in Legendary Marketer to build her dream business and to fund her dreams and her future goals. And she has a powerful story to tell and strategies to share. Kanyisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Dave. I'm so glad to be here. I loved that intro. It's it's so true. Like right out the gate, when you talk about AI, people are so scared of AI. And I'm just like, it's not going anywhere. Learn mm. it, use it, make it work for you and embrace the change. 
Yeah, embrace the change. And also, you know, AI doesn't have a personal brand or a personal story, yes. right? We want, I want you to tell us how you got started. And that is something that I cannot ask artificial intelligence. So Absolutely. the beautiful thing about this is, is that if you learn these strategies, if you learn how to build a personal brand, if you learn how to turn your mess into a message, mm -hmm. if you learn how to communicate what it is that you have to offer and why you're doing it, Artificial intelligence will never put you out of your business. It will only enhance your business. A hundred percent. And so what brought you, tell us your, uh, tell us your hero story. What brought uh, you to the internet? How did you get started? What were you looking for when, when this all happened? When did it happen for you? Tell us the, the nutshell version of Kanyisa's journey in internet marketing. I will track it back to 2020. I think a lot of us used that time to kind of sit with ourselves and go, why am I here? Um, where we're locked down by ourselves, some with kids and partners, whatever. I was in a small apartment with a dog and a partner in Seattle. Mm. And I had those moments of why am I here? Um, I've, I've lived in a few different countries as an English teacher. I lived in South Korea, in Malaysia, in Thailand. I had businesses in the Philippines. I did a master's program in Costa Rica and I've traveled and all of that. And I was like, there has to be more for me. Mm -hmm. And when I sat with that question in 2020, I thought, how can I, I'm from a small village town in South Africa. And the story of being raised by a poor priest, my grandfather was a priest of a really, really small church. My grandmother used to cook for prisoners. Uh, my mom was a teenage mom, so she left me with her parents. And so throughout that journey, I experienced a lot of trial and triumph, a lot of trauma. And I thought to myself, how can I use this pain and turn it into purpose? And that's how I found myself on the Internet um doing a life coaching certificate program on udemy and because the the idea for that was i am going to take everything that life has taught me so far and turn it into something that i can use to help other people i have a background in psychology i'm a certified counselor but i found that in the work that i do what really resonates with people is is my story it is that that message message that we get from the mess right so that's how it all started wow and you know such a beautiful i mean you encapsulated that in just a few moments you know so many of us we come into this this world of online marketing where we have an opportunity to tell our story in a few short moments on a video and post it to a free social media platform yeah and you know, many of us come and we say, I don't have a story. I don't have anything to share of value. And it's, it's also fear. I'm afraid to be vulnerable. I'm mm -hmm. afraid. I also don't know how to, I don't, I sometimes don't know how to tease apart oversharing and re-traumatizing mm -hmm. myself and actually turning my mess into a message that inspires me and is therapeutic for me and also inspirational for others. How did you find your story in decades? And I, I'm not going to ask your age. You look very young and beautiful. That's all I'm going to say. Um, 
How did you find your story in what limiting beliefs did you have swishing around in your mm -hmm. head when you first started telling you that you may not be worthy or people mm -hmm. may not want to listen to what you have to say? It was, I think my biggest limiting belief was, is this a story worth sharing? Mm -hmm. um, am I going to find people that will listen? Is there any way that I can turn this story into clients? Because at the end of the day, that's why we do this work, right? To get clients, to get the freedom. Let's, I mean, let's talk about the money. It's like, is someone going to buy into this enough where I can make a living out of it? Right. And to be honest with you, I actually got into a point where I treated my coaching business as a side hustle because of those limiting beliefs where I was like, well, if I can like do it on the weekend, then I'll just do something else. And then what that created was like a very inconsistent business with no vision. And I don't know, I've read the Bible before, but there's a scripture that goes like, uh, without a vision, my pe my people perish, right? And I found myself in this in this thing where those limiting beliefs were so strong that I began to believe that you know what, just a client here and there, just a video here and there, and then that was that was just not the right way to do it. And in terms of finding finding the message for me, it was being okay with being authentic and being vulnerable and also realizing that I can share a story without giving detail. I can say my mom died without really talking about the how of how it died, especially if I'm going through that healing process, but also understanding that if I, I share the truth of my mom died at 36 years old with four kids, and this is why that draws people in, that draws women who are going through a similar story, right? And so it's like, I can use this and help people. And for me, that thought process of serving versus selling has been so powerful. Hmm. You said a lot right there, a lot of powerful things. And I, I want to zero in on one thing in particular. We are going to talk about the money and we are going to talk, talk about how to turn eyeballs into clicks and those clicks into cash here. I, I want to zero in though into what you what you said a moment ago about sharing the story without sharing the details of the story, mm -hmm. particularly the sensitive, private, oftentimes traumatizing details mm -hmm. inside of our story. There are trauma, there's trauma. And I think we really downplay our own trauma a lot. 100%. Even if you, even if you witnessed a car accident, but not, were not the one in the car accident, you are having a traumatic experience. If mm -hmm. you witnessed somebody getting beat up, not even getting beat up yourself, if you witness somebody else getting abused, oftentimes if you watch a friend in a, an abusive relationship, that is also a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. These are all, you know, secondhand traumatic mm -hmm. experiences. However, they can have just as big of an impact, let alone if we are the one who is actually experiencing yeah. the situation firsthand. Yeah. And so I love that you said that the way that you said it, because you, you also showed us what that looks like in your introduction. 
it's it was a beautiful introduction that only took a couple of minutes for you to tell us an entire life story and you did not get lost in the details mm -hmm. you did not lose us in the details mm -hmm. it does not seem like through telling your story here a moment ago you trauma or re-traumatized yourself yeah instead it looks like you feel inspired you were smiling you're inspired by your own story mm -hmm. and so how did you initially navigate that? Did you sort of overshare in some videos? Were you undersharing and realizing mm -hmm. that you were not giving enough for people to sink their teeth into you? Can you say a little bit more about that? I think, I think definitely a little bit of both. When I started, I wanted to protect myself. Um, I think A, because the internet can be quite a mean place. And so you're always having to protect yourself, protect those around you. And so you start undersharing but that does not serve you, nor does it serve the people that you want to connect with. Um, and then when I did overshare, I was kind of pseudo trauma dumping on people. Mm. And it's, it's just like, they don't really need to know all of this. I'm mm. in therapy and I'm a trauma-informed coach. So when you talk about that secondary trauma, I know exactly what you mean. I read the book, The Body Keeps the Score, and it's one of my references when we talk about how that that impact of secondary trauma right and and then you have some people who have that big two trauma so it's like how can i find pockets in my story where i'm not trauma dumping on my audiences but i'm also just giving them enough yeah. enough for them to feel the story to connect to the story to see that the the victimhood and also to kind of see the triumph in the story where, mm. where i'm like things happen to me and that does make me a victim and that's true, but I refuse to stay there. So mm -hmm. always turning it into something that's like, I'm gonna use this as an empowerment story. And mm -hmm. that's where I think is, is, is that middle ground when we're, when we're wanting to use our story as a way to connect. And it's not from, um, I refuse to live my life as a victim of anything or anybody ever, mm -hmm. I will not do it. Mm. But also, I want to empower people to see that you can you can do the same thing. You can have all these terrible things happen to you, and you can use them as empowerment, not only for yourself, but for others as well. Wow. This this is, we are seven, I mean, we're, you know, just a few moments in, and we're in the deep end. This, <laughs> is, this is beautiful stuff. Um, it, it's, 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 it's so true. We really do have to do this ourselves and find our comfort spot. Mm -hmm. And a, a lot of times, um, uh, you know, we, we, we either overshare or undershare. And most of the time we are going to have to do that in order to find what is comfortable, safe, but also what, you know, for us, but also what, what are we willing to risk in order to get a result because you, know, you you said that you know let's 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 remember and let's admit and let's not dance around the fact that we're not talking about starting a nonprofit business here, <laughs> friends. No. I, I mean, you know, I, you know, none of us are that rich. You know, uh, I mean, I'm pretty I'm pretty comfortable, but I'm still in the for profit business because I I like it's it's it's. It, I realize that by me selling something and me giving somebody the opportunity to say yes, I am empowering them. 
I am giving them an opportunity. If you truly believe in what you're promoting and selling, whether it be somebody else's product or your own course or coaching program or event, if you believe in it and you know that you can help somebody get results with it, you are doing literally a disservice to them by not trying to convert them in and give them an opportunity to make a powerful decision and say yes. 100%. However, in order to do that, I have to risk something because they are also risking something. They're risking their hard-earned money. They're risking their hard-earned attention and time. Mm -hmm. And I need to value that time. And in every relationship that I'm in anyways, there was always somebody who became vulnerable first yeah. in order for us to move to a deeper conversation and in a deeper connection and a deeper understanding and, and to let them know that I am a safe person that's not going to judge, shame, um, abuse my power mm -hmm. if they give me money and, and make me a mentor or a guide. Yeah. And so what am I willing to risk? Well, what I'm, what I realized that I was willing to risk was I, I decided that I'm going to put out my, my vulnerabilities. I'm going to talk about the low points of my story so others can connect with me and I can realize that I am also a human being who's overcome things. And that I am not a preacher or teacher that is just going to sit at the front of the room and talk down to them. Yeah. But instead, I am going to show them how I have clawed and climbed my way out of those depths of despair mm. to get where I'm at. Does that resonate mm. with you? What comes up for you as I say that? And I talk about us risking something yeah. as coaches or as content creators yeah. in order to get that attention and ultimately yes. that sale i i mean all of what you said and i think that being willing to risk something um i think when i started my work i wasn't willing to risk anything mm. you know i had this mindset of build build it and they'll come that's not true they're not gonna come <laughs> right it's like, it's kevin costner right, right back in build the it and they'll come. yes like, field of dreams <laughs> and it's like no, build it and invite them in. And, and that moment of inviting them in then is what are you going to risk to let them in? If I let you in as a coach, as somebody that works in this type of space, as a content creator, as a course creator, as somebody that works with people who are dealing with some really vulnerable things, I have to show you my humanity too. So mm -hmm. I had to risk my humanity. I had to risk saying, this is who I am. This is the stuff that I deal with as well. This is the stuff that I've conquered in my life. This is the stuff that sometimes I think I've conquered, but it comes back. And yeah. then I have to conquer it again and again and again. So I think for me, I had to, to risk my truth a lot of the times. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And being okay with that as, as you know, Coach Kanye is someone who is this and owning that story and being like, you know what, maybe this story doesn't resonate with this person and that's okay. But when I want to, and, and you talk about how we do people a disservice when we don't sell or when we, when we don't sell, we don't serve, right? Um, and so knowing that if I risk my story 
which sometimes I go, oh, universe, this is a big, 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 big story, but I thank you for it because without it, I wouldn't have this life yeah. or this business. I, I love... I'm a hat thrower. I mean, when I'm fired up, I throw hats. I got extra ones sitting around. I throw them across the room. Sometimes I throw them off the backboard back there. I mean, I, I just get fired up. It, you said that. You said that when I started, I wasn't willing to risk anything. And 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 Kanisa, I I see this every day, and it 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 you know it's not frustrating to me. I understand it. You know, I understand it because, you know, life is, is hard. Life is difficult. Life throws us curveballs all the time. We've been taken advantage of. We, we don't know how to get out of victim stance. You know, it's mm -hmm. hard. Society wants us to be victims. Mm -hmm. We have learned helplessness. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's what many universities do is they prepare us to be order taking factory workers, you know, yeah. and, and, and sort of rely on the government. Oh, my God, a pandemic hit. Everybody's going to get a fourteen hundred dollar check. Just hold on. We're we're getting it ready. It's like getting what ready? Just print the damn money. Right. But anyways, we're waiting. We're waiting for somebody to save us. We're you know, and we do that for so many years. It's difficult to get out of that sort of relying on others. Mm. So when you said that when I was started, I didn't, I was afraid or didn't want or was hesitant to risk something. I, I can understand that. I can relate to that. I, I also, who doesn't like free things? Who doesn't want to have their cake and eat it too, right? Yeah. Who yeah. doesn't want to be a millionaire anonymously, right? Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, quietly. I think that, quietly, I think that's why the lotto is so appealing. And you, you have people who are, you know, all that money, the billions of dollars that they pay out is from is from dadgum tickets that they sell. It, you know, the, it's like a huge Ponzi scheme, you know, so people are buying into that every day with this idea that I can get rich anonymously and quietly. Um there had to be a defining moment. Can you try to remember when you decided to kind of, well, your hair is short, but let your hair down, you know, really get metaphorically naked in front of people? Where, when, when was that crossroads for you to where you had been creating content and kind of doing things for a while and you just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to risk more now because I know that I need to? Oh. I think it was this year, actually. Mm. It was it, it was this year. Um, no, it was last year. So I'm from South Africa. So I'm an immigrant in the United States. Mm. And my first job was at Facebook. And I was like, my ancestors are rambling in the grave right now because, wow, look at me. First <laughs> job in the United States. I'm working at Facebook. This is it. And then I get laid off. <sighs> And then the, the depression hits, the confusion hits, the uncertainty hits, the, this was supposed to be, this was supposed to be the thing. Mm. And then I sort of heard, like, just listen to myself, even saying that and going, this was not my thing. This was never my thing. This was the thing that I could make money and have health insurance and participate. <laughs> this is how I was going to engage, but this was not my thing. This was not my soul thing. And for me, that moment was, I have to get back to my soul thing. And my soul thing has always been coaching. And I had to think through, what was I not doing when I started this business? 
I was not sharing my story. I was not, like you put it, I was not risking anything. I was expecting people to be like, oh, she's, she speaks nice. She's got a nice accent. She's got nice things to say. And that was enough to get likes, but it wasn't enough to make to, to build an audience. I think there's a difference with followers and audiences. Mm. And I, I call my pe people audiences. I don't, I actually don't like the term um, followers. I don't even love the term influencer. I think I'm a teacher. Mm. Um, but when I started to connect with my audience, I was like, oh, they, they want to see me. Right. And when we can, I love Brene Brown. Um, and I was like, in my business, I have to show up and let myself be seen too. So I started talking about being queer. I started talking about traveling. I started talking about being black. I started talking about loss and grief and pain and all of that. And that was the moment where my audiences were like, yes. Like right now I'm talking about people pleasing and I'm creating work around people pleasing. And that's something that so many of us take for granted. And I get to share those connections with me. Like people pleasing is self-harm. And when you start telling people how you've self-harmed through people pleasing, they go, oh my God, that's exactly what I'm doing. What do you have? Mm. Yeah. <sighs> Another head drop. <laughs> You must have a lot of hats over there, Dave. My God. <laughs> now, let's talk about this since this is, I love, this is why we do no warm-up talks behind the scenes. We do not, right? I mean, this is literally the first time we're talking yeah. ever. And uh, I, I also I, feel like we've spoken before. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, for sure. And And this is because you've done work on yourself and I've done work on myself. And now our hearts and souls can can connect. Um, we're both risking something, you know, by talking about our our real, true, authentic selves. I launched the show with that, right? I hit on and talked about that I'm a drug, you know, recovering drug addict, ex homeless. I'm I was, uh, or am, well, was a teenage father, right? Then you t shared the story about your mother, and there's all right. So yeah there's connections that are firing off. And, and so that's why this is such a beautiful moment. And that's why this is so important uh, uh, to, 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 to decide what all of you are willing to risk. There's 501 people listening. There'll be thousands more who will listen to the replay. And my question to all of you is what are you willing to risk in order to have a deeper connection with people? What, 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 what are you willing to risk in order to, 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 um, to impact people in order to serve in order to sell you can't just you know you can't just ask or or pray for cash and commissions and 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 um you know and then get mad at god and say he doesn't answer prayers or she doesn't answer oh, yeah. prayers i mean we can't you know we have to decide what we're willing to risk and so um so this is a beautiful example of that sort of in you know in motion right here as we speak. Um, so I love Brene Brown as well. I think everybody should also read her book or listen to the audio or read the cliff notes at the very least of Daring Greatly. That was a, a wonderful book that um, was one of her earlier books. She's done a lot of work since then. She's got a lot of YouTube um, 
YouTube uh, presentations and keynotes and things of that nature. And uh, she really talks about leadership through vulnerability, not through dictatorship or being a tyrant, right? But, uh, and I actually believe great leadership uh, is defined by one simple principle, and that is whether you abuse your power or not. If, if you are going to or you do abuse your power, um, I, I have no respect for you as a leader. Now, I, I may love you as a person. I see that you struggle with leadership, though, yeah. right? Uh, and that's okay, right? We all have areas that we can, we can grow. Um, but um, uh, I forget what I was going to ask you because I, I'm just sort of flowing right now. Um, you had brought up something, and I, I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to ask about that. Um, who in the comments remembers where what I was going to ask? Or um, uh, well, you were also talking about you don't like to call your your people followers. You don't like to be termed an influencer. I can relate to all of that. Mm -hmm. um, I, in in speaking about leadership, I guess let me ask you: How did you give yourself permission to not? do what everybody else was doing and call their followers followers and, and call themselves an influencer. I mean, how you called yourself a teacher, you called your, I've heard you were, oh, people pleasing. That's, thank you, Jen. Thank you, Jen. I love it. I love you. I love you. Okay. So I want to ask this one question though, before we talk about people pleasing, because I think people pleasing is such a huge piece in this whole process but how did you give yourself permission to like just create your own definitions for what you're doing i heard you use the word servant i heard you use um the word um uh audience uh, you know there had to be also you know a process in which you said hey look i'm gonna sort of define my own terms here and i'm going to i'm going to say things and yeah. call things things that i feel good about not yeah. particularly what everybody else is calling these things yeah um again i'm gonna call myself out because you know let's risk truth here i find that um social media can be very seductive and and you can be seduced into an in, inauthentic version of yourself especially when you start growing and you're like, well, I have 50,000 followers. I have 100,000 followers. These people, this video did this and, and all of that. And I did find myself in that space of now I want to be an influencer. And, and every time that that thing came to me, I'm not religious, but I'm really, really spiritual. Um, and, and every time I would go, I'm an influencer, I would, I would kind of feel icky in my spirit. I would be like, this doesn't this doesn't feel or look like me. This is not who I want to be. Mm. Um, and also the connecting with people and not, <clears throat> sorry, calling them followers. <clears throat> sorry. And not calling them followers. It humanized them for me. Um, mm. It also humbled me because when you, <laughs> when you call people followers, then you must be the leader. Right. And then and then that responsibility is huge. And and I was like, I don't I don't wanna have this like um superhuman persona on the internet because it's it's not real. And I've, I've when I came up quick came out as a queer woman who grew up in the church, one of the things that I began to value the most was my authenticity because it was something that I had to fight for. 
Mm. It was it was something that I had to really go to war for, war with family, war with friends, war with mm. dogma, war with church, war with society mm. that told me I didn't deserve to exist. And mm. so <laughs> I was not going to put myself in a space where I get defeated in that war by social media yeah. and by not being authentic, right? Yeah. And, and so I said, I'm going to create this space and I'm going to use language that feels authentic to me because language is so powerful. Language is everything. The words we use is everything. And so I was like, I am going to create it in a way that feels good for me, that feels true to me, that feels authentic to me. And every time, and I promise you it happens, I get called into the, ah, oh, you're an influencer. You're this, you're this. And I, and I have to remind myself, no, Kanye, you're not that. You serve, you teach, you help people. And you use social media as a tool to do that. Yeah, yeah. This girl is on fire. <laughs> How you I like that? I just saw her in concert. Actually, I loved her. But um, yeah, did you, Alicia? Yeah, yeah she's amazing. Okay, okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about people pleasing because uh, this also hit. Um, this also really hit home for Sherry. She said, people pleasing equals self-harm was a hat throw moment for me. <laughs> <clears throat> I think that when we come into this, you know, whole journey of entrepreneurship and, you know, content creating and, um, you know, building a business. I mean, for some of us, just building a business. I mean, just 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 doing something non-traditional, right? Mm -hmm. um, you talked about a, a lot of things right there that you've battled through and gone to war with that I, I would assume that there was a people pleasing for years, right? That was happening. I mean, to where you were abandoning your true self and your own identity to fit within the identity of all of the things in all of the people, places, and things that you listed, mm -hmm. uh, powerful institutions, right? Mm -hmm. In which you, um, I can't imagine what that was like for you. However, um, when you mentioned people pleasing and it's something that's a hot topic for you right now, I, I would assume that you talk about things in your content that you are that are important in your life right now and that you are and also that you've had a a real journey with over mm -hmm. the years which you you've clearly laid that out for us over the last few moments so talk to us about the tech that you and, and again i want to acknowledge uh the fact that you really did lay out very clearly for us um, the battles that you've had with your own journey and telling the world who you truly are. And I, again, I applaud you for that. We all do. Talk to us about the people-pleasing <clears throat> tendencies that you had when you went to start this business online. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Um, I mean, all of them, from how I was going to be creative um, from how I was going to show up on, on camera alone, um, from what part of the story am I going to tell when no one is offended? Oh. <laughs> how, how am I going to people please, please my family, make sure that I don't share family secrets oh. that were harmful to me, but also be open and honest. How am I going to be 
authentic and people please at the same time you cannot do it you cannot you cannot people please and be authentic at the same time you cannot people please and lean into creativity at the same time it doesn't work you cannot people please and be an entrepreneur at the same time it doesn't work you cannot be you cannot people please and have authentic connection at the same time it doesn't work right and so even in even if i i'm building a business and i'm thinking about well is everyone going to be okay with me i am okay with people not being okay with me i'm okay with not being understood i'm okay with not being liked i'm not called for that stuff and that the depth of that goes into every single area of our lives we tend to want to like box ourselves and be like well i don't people please here honey if you people please in one area of your life chances are you are people pleasing everywhere it trickles down to everything right down to your romantic relationships i look at my romantic relationships at times and i go i i didn't want to do that yes i didn't want to do that but i did it because I have this tendency to people please that I learned from childhood because when I was in people pleasing I was invalidated when I was in people pleasing I was in feeling love so to to hustle for love to reach for it somehow I had to self abandon and calling myself back to myself is Kanisa you are fully worthy of love connection validation just the way that you are you don't have to perform because people pleasing calls us to perform yes and i believe that's what we come into this online space thinking that we need to do it's another performance yeah it's another be and if we don't perform that hit so hard the when I was a child, if I did not people please, if I did not tell people what they wanted to hear, I did not get love and validation, yeah. right? Because I, I can remember my own situations, um, in, in, uh, you know, where, where, where adults would ask me questions about my own personal beliefs and internal feelings. And I had to say the right answer yeah. or else I would not get a positive response back. Absolutely. If I said the wrong answer, if I said, well, I'm confused about that, or I don't know if I believe that, or that doesn't really sit right with me. First of all, I didn't have those words, but if I did say that, I would have got a look of disappointment. Absolutely. I would have got a list, a, a look of, of, of non-approval and the things that I experienced as a child are only a fraction of what you shared that mm -hmm. you experienced as a, as a child and as a person coming up, uh, finding themselves and finding their own identity and their own voice to express that identity. And so when we come into this online space, I I can completely relate to the performance thing. When I came on, even though I was a white male coming onto the scene at 24, I also felt fraudulent. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was a, um, I felt like with my history of drug abuse and my history of, of uh, being arrested as a young addict 
in active addiction, my history of being a teenage father, my history of living with my father at that current time, who was essentially helping me save my life by letting me sleep on his couch and get clean, right? I thought there is no way in hell anybody is going to give me money, buy anything I'm recommending, or even give me the time of day. And I, I can remember doing network marketing and I was driving this, I had saved up a thousand dollars and bought an old 1990 Ford F-150. It had more rust than paint and I had to start it with a screwdriver. <laughs> oh, but I, no. I, I would get these magnets, right? <clears throat> that I would put the, you know, the, the, the kind of the magnets that you, you know, stick to the side of your car and you can advertise or say whatever you want. Yeah. And I would sort of drive around like I was going to generate leads. Well, you know, people wouldn't even make eye contact with me at a light <laughs> because they were like, you know, and, and and of course that that further solidified that I'm not good enough, mm. you know that I'm uh, too poor, that I'm um, you know just uh, you know a junkie man, just somebody who's a a um, sort of the bottom of the barrel of society. Mm. And so when I came online, I I I was I looked at what other people. Now, this was back in 2009, so it was before the TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, short-form video thing. Mm. Only thing we were doing was, if you were going to do a video, that baby was going to be a long-form video, and that baby was going on YouTube. I had the hair parted, gentleman's cut, <laughs> collared shirt from Salvation Army, you know. <laughs> I mean, I was really trying, I mean, not me at all, talking yeah. in ways that didn't sound like me, just trying to imitate other guys that I saw who I thought I needed to look mm. and sound and be like, mm. perform, right? Perform. Mm. And um, one day I was walking around, walking my dog, getting ready for a live event that I was hosting that usually nobody showed up to. This was the webinar day, only webinars. So I had go to webinar. I invited a bunch of people. Usually nobody showed up, but I would I would do it anyways just to practice, you know, and I heard this guy tell his story about being a recovering alcoholic. And I and I had looked up to this guy for quite some months and I thought, no, shit. <laughs> This guy what? just, this guy just said that he let everybody know he was, <laughs> he's a recovering drunk. Oh my God. You know, so I had an effort moment and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just get on this webinar and just tell my story. Now I probably overshared, right? It was probably, probably one of those moments. I don't remember everything I said. I just remember sort of feeling kind of like, yeah. at the end, I shut my computer. I walked away. You know what I mean? I walked away. I was just like, I just, I just screwed my life up is what I thought. And when I came back to my computer that I couldn't check it on the cell phone, we weren't you know, I don't even know that iPhones were around back then. I didn't have one anyways, but I lifted back up my, my old laptop and I had made more commissions from what I was promoting from that particular presentation than I had ever made in my whole life and uh, or my whole career or side hustle, whatever you want to call it up until that point. And that was a defining moment for me. And uh, that was when I kind of stopped the performance, mm. stopped the, 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 tr the comparisonitis that I had. Um, how do you now, as you are clearly in your journey we never arrive right the 
you know, the truth is we are always in a process growing to the next level, not better than people, not up, just the next level of our journey, the next Mm -hmm. mile. How do you keep yourself now from comparing people pleasing? What boundaries do you set both with your odd or with, with, you know, maybe people who may be haters and abusers online. Mm-hmm. Also, how do you set these boundaries <clears throat> with your friends and family to avoid the need to feel like you need to explain what you're doing to people? Yeah. Well, my, South, my family lives in South Africa and, and my grandmother doesn't really know what I do. I just tell her I talk on the internet and that's how I make a living. <laughs> She's like, you've always talked. Oh, I don't know. Uh, when it comes to when it comes to the haters on the internet, I don't pay them any attention. I realize that if people have time to to hate what I say on the internet, then something's happened to them. And and there's a part of me that goes, ah, oh, compassion for you. Um, and so I I don't give them that sense of like, oh, I'm gonna respond. Um, I've felt for me personally that the times when I've I felt the need to defend myself or defend my choices or my lifestyle or whatever. It was more so I could convince myself. And, and when you get to a point in your life where you are okay with you, you don't need to convince anyone of anything. You don't, because you don't need their approval. You don't need them to give you permission to be anything because you've given yourself that permission. Mm-hmm. And the only person that can give yourself that permission is you. And when I stopped with, with the comparison, it was more of no one has my story, so I have no one to compare to. Mm-hmm. Right? No one lived my life. No one talks like me, no one sounds like me. And so I have people that I'm inspired by in the space. I love Tony Robinson. I love that he drops the F-bomb. I love, um, I love that he's so sure. So I look up to him in those ways. Um, but I could never compare myself, even with you know coaches who are in my space, we're all new voices, we're young coaches. It's, it's, I couldn't compare myself to them as well because they have their story. They have what they do. They, they serve how they serve. And so comparison is a thief of joy. Mm. And every, if I'm going to be comparing myself to anyone else, then I'm stealing joy from myself. Mm. And as Beyonce says, I'm one of one, the only one. And, and, and in the most humble way of saying that it is, if I focus on my work, if I focus on what I do, then I don't have time to be looking at what's Dave doing. And if I'm going to take time to look at what Dave's doing, I want to learn from Dave. I don't want to be envious of mm. you. I don't want to take from you. There's enough for all of us. Mm. There, is, there is abundance. And when we, when we enter any space, be it business, be it relationships, whatever area in life, with the scarcity mindset, then we begin the comparison game. Hmm. But when we enter with there's there's enough for all of us. Yeah. And there really is. Um, mm-hmm. We, 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 I think we have a hard time wrapping our head around how much opportunity is really available, how much abundance, you know, 
I, I can remember at certain times feeling like the money in my wallet was was the only money that I I would ever get, you know, and I needed to hold on to it. Mm-hmm. How do you view? You mentioned earlier in the in the show here. You rem- you you mentioned um, you know life coach certifications and all the different things that you've done over the years to become who you are. How do you view investing in yourself? I mean, obviously, if you're selling coaching courses or events or doing affiliate marketing, selling somebody else's information or knowledge, then it, it would it would behoove you to also be a to eat your own cooking, right? To, to also be somebody who believes in education and believes in um, uh, providing shortcuts in in an organized way for people so they don't have to uh go through the 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 pits of the internet to sift and sort through things on youtube or whatever you know a lot of people come into our community and they're they're they want to build a business they want to they want to learn the business models and the skills that we teach but of course it's a cost i why don't you guys just do this for free I mean, why don't you just give it away for free so how do you in how do you view investing in yourself and how have you built the confidence in order to charge for what you do instead of give it a wall away for free yeah. or at a discounted price yes okay so those are two questions i'll start with the investing in myself when you pay you pay attention right so every free course that i've done and it was free i never finished mm. ever any when i've been given things i've just been like because they had no value i actually just hired a coach um i also just hired a spiritual coach um i invested time in a five-day workshop with um tony robinson and Dean graziosi and all of that and and it was it wasn't a financial investment but it took time it was five days and hours and hours of my time and if i am going to be asking people to invest in themselves it's a little hypocritical of me to think that i shouldn't i shouldn't invest in myself right and so this space you're always learning you're always growing and you have to be okay with investing in yourself so i i I value it i'm like i have to right and then when it comes to being okay with charging what i charge dave (laughs) let me tell you that took that took work okay that took work because I didn't know the value of the transformation I was offering people. And so, and so when I, when I started my business, I wasn't charging for the transformation. And also I was charging from my own scarcity and lack mindset. I was charging from my own toxic relationship with money. I was looking at my clients and going, you can't afford me because I thought I couldn't afford me. And so when I started to go the transformation and I believe in it, cause I've seen my clients go from this, women who sit like this, who can't look, even look at me during a session 
to their shoulders down, making eye contact, setting boundaries, speaking. Like I've seen the transformation and I sat with myself and I said, who's winning if I'm not charging my value? A, I'm gonna be burnt out. I'm not going to enjoy what I do. I'm always going to be hustling. And so when I know that this is the transformation I offer and I value it, that's what I'm going to charge. And so I gave myself a raise. And the funny thing is when I gave myself a raise, that's when I attracted more clients. This is a this is a hot topic. I mean, for coaches, of course, this is a a hot topic. If you if you're starting doing affiliate marketing, selling somebody else's courses, coaching, or events, charging what you're worth, knowing your value, asking for the sale, right? Mm -hmm. Doing it with confidence and conviction, not offering discounts. You know, we offer our four core four business blueprints. We offer one disc fast new fast start new customer discount as somebody's going through our challenge. Mm -hmm. And that is a 48 hour opportunity. That is the only discount we ever offer any time, and everybody gets the same opportunity. We never do any backside door deals. We never comp anybody's anything. Mm -hmm. um, and that has come from, and, and, and quite frankly, we've not lowered our prices since the very beginning, raised our prices or changed our prices. And only, the only reason why we didn't raise our prices is because we started from the beginning charging what we were worth. Yeah. Um, because of my experience over the years of struggling with this very thing, you know, you know questioning myself. Wondering if I had the credentials, wondering if I had the transformation to offer, wondering if what I was promoting had the transformation to offer, always doubting, second guessing. Mm. And again, um, uh, you know, all projecting my own toxic relationship or limiting beliefs with money or about mm -hmm. money onto my business and onto my customers. Mm -hmm. And what I've now uh, turned into is somebody who not only loves to pay for quality. I mean, I shop for quality now. Yeah. I tip extremely well. Yeah. I, I don't negotiate and barter and beat people down. I tip. Here's another secret. When somebody's doing work for me, I tip at the beginning of the job. Who in the oh, hell thought, <laughs> who in the hell came up with tipping at, tipping the, at end the end of the job? <laughs> I tip at the beginning of the job because I want to show the person, I believe that you will do a great job for me. And mm -hmm. I want you to go above and beyond. And here is a substantial tip to show that I'm willing to risk something. We go back to that risk word, mm -hmm. right? I'm willing to risk additional money on you right at the beginning of the job so I can ask for what I want, right? So mm -hmm. many of us, which which leads into asking for the sale, asking mm -hmm. for the the universe, you know, the universe to, for what we want, asking our audience for for what we'd like them to do next, right? Yeah. So often we 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 just don't have the life that we want because we don't let anybody know what we want 
and then we don't simply ask for it. Mm-hmm. And all of our life can can change with that one simple. And there, there's a lot of takeaways from today's episode that people can immediately begin to implement. But another tactical, practical strategy you can begin to implement right away is letting people know what your wants and needs are and then politely asking for them, asking for somebody, would you be willing to do that? Would you please click the link so I can deliver this free ebook to you right away and immediately so you Mm -hmm. can start getting value right away? Was there a time, let's talk briefly about content creation, where you were not getting the results that that you you wanted from your content, you knew that you should be building a bigger audience, you knew that you should be making more sales, and there was something missing. And was the thing that was missing that you were not being clear with people about what you had to offer in giving them those clear instructions and either telling or asking them to go ahead and enroll in your program or opt into your list? I wasn't clear on what I was offering, Mm. right? And and that clarity meant that I was just everywhere. When we try to serve everyone, we serve no one. Mm. And so I wasn't clear on, on what was I offering as a coach? What was my space? What was my niche? What was the transformation I was selling, so to speak. And so when I got that clarity, it took, it took a while. And also like, I'm, I'm okay with knowing that right now I'm working through people pleasing next month. It'll probably be something else or next year it will shift. But as long as I'm super clear on what it is right now, because when I'm clear, then I can deliver it with clarity to my mm. clients, to my audiences. And even when I'm creating those eBooks, when I know I'm going to create an eBook called Five Guides to Boundary Setting for the People Pleaser, I know exactly who this is for. I know exactly why I'm creating it. I know exactly why they need it. And so when we talk about clarity as coaches and creators, it has to start with the self first, because if we're confused and if we're like all cloudy and we don't really know, how can we deliver? How can we get those people in? Because if we don't know, chances are they don't know also, right? And so I think clarity begins at home for sure. And when we then know what it is, it is how do I deliver it? For me, it's been social media. It's been email marketing. All of these little things, I think they come after what is my offer? Yeah. How do I define it? What space do you want? I see you're, you're working with like affiliate marketing, coaches, content creators, and I I forgot the last one, but it is, what's my space? Yeah. Yeah. I want to respect your time and let you know that we have gotten way more than we bargained for this morning, way more than we've, 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 we've expected. And your, uh, you know, your words today, your knowledge, your experience, and the vulnerability and the risk that you took with me this morning have made this a very, very, very special day uh, oh, for me and for our audience here in our community here in Legendary. And so 
I am going to immediately uh, speak with Joanne and see how we can have you back and how we can have you uh, come in and help and serve our community more because I think that uh, everybody here listening would love that. Of course, everybody can find you over at, and I'll read off your handles here as I let you go, but I want to just validate you for your incredible work that you've done up until this point, not just today and what you said over the last hour, but I want to validate you for the incredible journey that you've been on that led up to this moment for you to deliver this amazing, powerful content to us and of course to your coaching clients. And so Kanyisa, thank you. You're thank wonderful. You. You're beautiful. Uh, you're legendary. And I hope that you'll come back and keep us posted on your journey. A hundred percent. I would love to come back. Thank you so much. Okay. We'll talk to you real soon. Okay. Thanks for your time. Bye guys. All right, my friends, you can find Kanyisa over at Life Coach Kanye. Okay, that's Life Coach and K H A N Y I. Okay, that is short for her wonderful, beautiful name, Kanyisa. Um, follow her. Uh, look into her, learn from her, support her. Just because she was here today giving you knowledge and information doesn't also mean that her, that I, uh, don't also want your support, don't also need your encouragement, don't also love your feedback in all of these beautiful comments that you're leaving on this live this morning with us. Um, let's go leave some of those beautiful, uplifting, loving comments on her content as she delivers it and, and educates you and us in her free videos. And of course, look into the rest of her, her uh, products and programs that she's created. Uh, and I absolutely look forward to hopefully having her back and continuing to help and serve and teach and do her uh, thing that she is clearly so good at. And so my friends, have a fantastic day. Okay, uh, we had a wonderful virtual mastermind this last weekend. We had um, we had uh, Megan Hall, we had Tim Hewitt, we had uh, Chelsea Wemet, and it was absolutely action packed and totally powerful. And as you all know, those masterminds, those virtual masterminds that we do, are are just a simple bonus for anybody who has purchased a mastermind ticket. And so this is the sort of value that we like We like to over-deliver to everyone when they enroll in our, our education. If you're going through the challenge right now, give yourself the gift of actually going through it and learning what's in there and making a decision if you would like to, for example, enroll in our blueprints and have more accountability and have more coaching and, and invest in yourself inside of a community that knows how to get results. Not only are these free shows here for everybody, but there is an, a lot more education, a lot more strategies behind the scenes in our paid programs. If you, you can imagine the value that we're putting out here for free, imagine the value that we deliver inside of our paid programs. For example, when you enroll in the blueprints, you have a decade in a day training uh, every other Friday. One is coming up this Friday in which we will show you how to enter into a niche, pick totally random products that you never thought you could 
earn from and set the entire process up all right in front of your eyes. So if you're wondering, how do I set the tech up? If you're wondering, how do I enter into a niche that you know I want to enter into that may be different than others, we're going to show you. Uh, we also have uh, business plans from, I think, 19 different niches and counting right now uh, with lots of different products that you get as a Blueprints member, plus daily coaching and, of course, the actual foundational uh, flagship curriculum itself for you to go through. So hopefully today inspired you to invest in yourself. You're worth it. And you do have knowledge and value and a story to tell. Go out there and tell the damn world about it. And yes, you're going to overshare. And yes, you're going to undershare. And yes, you're going to figure out what you're willing to risk. And yes, you can be successful because your story matters. Your knowledge matters. What you, what you, your intention matters. Your drive matters. Looks like we're getting a, a um, emergency weather alert here in Florida because there's some, I guess, some hurricanes brewing out there in the in the in the uh, in the uh, Gulf of Mexico. I'll be sure to be careful and take care of myself, and you take care of yourself as well. You're worth it. Stay legendary. We'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode. Get out of here. Peace.